I would like to dedicate this book to Theodore. Magic Treehouse number 29, A Big Day for Baseball by Mary Pope Osborne. Chapter 1, Flyball. The early Saturday morning air was damp and chilly. Jack sat on his front porch steps. His chin was cupped in his hands. Annie came out the front door. Do you want mom to take us to the rec center now? She asked. It was the day for baseball tryouts. I've decided not to go, said Jack. Annie sat down next to him. What's wrong? She asked. I can't stop thinking about last season's tryouts, said Jack. I fell down when I swung the bat. Everybody laughed. Yeah, well, everybody laughed at me too, said Annie. Remember, I threw the ball to the wrong team. So maybe neither of us should go, said Jack. But our whole family loves baseball, said Annie. We read about it. We watch it. We learn batting averages. We, before Annie could finish, something dropped from the sky and rolled across their front yard. What's that, said Jack. He and Annie ran down the steps. A small white ball lay in the grass. Annie grabbed it. It's a baseball, she said. Where did it come from, said Jack. He and Annie walked to the sidewalk and looked up and down their street. No one was there. Maybe it's from another world, whispered Annie. She handed the ball to Jack. That's crazy, said Jack. What other world? Think about it, said Annie. One second, we're talking about baseball and how we don't want to go to tryouts. The next, this baseball drops from the sky. Oh, you mean, said Jack, Morgan, Jack and Annie said together. Annie took off down the sidewalk. Let's go, she called to Jack. Hold on, Jack shouted. He put the mysterious ball inside his backpack and raced after Annie. Jack and Annie crossed the street and dashed into the Frog Creek woods. They hurried between the trees until they came to the tallest oak. The magic treehouse was back. Yay, team, said Annie. She grabbed the rope ladder and climbed up. Jack followed her into the treehouse. Leaf shadows danced on the wooden floor. Two gray baseball caps sat in the dappled light. Next to the caps was a book, History of Baseball. A red leather bookmark was sticking out from the pages. Jack picked up the book and opened the bookmark. The page showed a photo of a baseball stadium. The caption beneath it said, Ebbets Field, Brooklyn, New York, April 15th, 1947. Ebbets Field, said Jack. I've heard of that. It was a famous ballpark. Look, there's a message on the bookmark, said Annie. Jack held the bookmark up to the light. It's Morgan's writing, he said. He read aloud, "'Twas a big day for baseball so many years ago. Journey to Ebbets Field to learn what you should know." "'Learn what we should know,' repeated Jack. "'To become better ball players. "'Sounds like it,' said Annie. "'Morgan must have known about the tryouts.' She read the next verse. "'These caps are magic, made only for you, "'to give you the skill to know what to do.'" Oh man, it sounds like these caps will make us great players, said Jack. Yay, said Annie. She read on. As long as you wear them, all others will see the skillful people you're pretending to be. I get it. Everyone else will see us as great players, said Annie. In a little league game, said Jack. Why not, said Annie. Little league teams must have played at Ebbets Field too. Yeah, probably all kinds of teams played there said Jack. Annie read more. When you hear the final score, give the ball with the name to the one who knows best the rules of the game. Our baseball has a name, said Jack. 
He pulled the ball out of his pack and turned it over in his hands. No name here. Well, maybe we're supposed to give it one, said Annie. How about Bolly? Bolly, said Jack. I don't think so. Okay, okay. How about fly ball, said Annie. It flew down to us. Fine, whatever, said Jack. He put fly ball back into his pack. Ready? Yes, this is going to be so much fun, said Annie. Jack pointed at the photo of Brooklyn, New York. I wish we could go there, he said. The wind started to blow. The treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster. Then everything was still, absolutely still. Chapter Two, Opening Day. A spring breeze blew into the treehouse. The sky was cloudy. Hey, baseball uniforms, said Annie. Their clothes had magically changed. They were wearing baseball shoes, long socks, and baggy gray pants. Jack's backpack had turned into a leather bag. Look at that, said Annie. She pointed at the word bat boy stitched on the front of their jerseys. Oh, so we're going to be great bat boys, said Jack with a frown. Not great players. Don't worry, said Annie. I'm sure Morgan thinks that being great bat boys will help us become great players. But you can't be a bat boy, said Jack. And there was no such thing as a bat girl back then. Don't worry, said Annie. If we wear these caps, everyone will see what we're pretending to be. Remember? Oh, right, said Jack. Annie and Jack picked up their caps and put them on. Wow, Annie said with a big grin. Yeah, wow, said Jack. He felt a surge of excitement and confidence. I feel like I know everything about baseball now. Me too, said Annie. I can't wait to get to Ebbets Field, said Jack. Let's go. He shoved the baseball book into his backpack. Then he led the way down the rope ladder. Jack and Annie stepped onto the ground. They landed in a small grove of trees. Nearby were stone benches and a fountain. Children were playing on the grass and walkways. Looks like a city park, said Jack. Let's ask directions, said Annie. As they headed toward the kids, a gust of wind blew through the park. Watch out, said Jack, grabbing his cap. Annie held onto her cap, too. We can't lose these, she said. No kidding, said Jack. They passed a man playing guitar and singing in Spanish. They passed some girls playing jacks. They passed a group of noisy kids shooting marbles. Hey, two bat boys, one of the kids shouted. The others looked up and waved to Jack and Annie. Annie smiled at Jack. See, they think I'm a boy, she said. The magic's working. Cool, Jack said with a grin. You look the same to me, though. And you look the same to me, said Annie. Maybe we always look like our true selves to each other. Annie turned back to the kids playing marbles. Excuse me, how do we get to Ebbets Field? She called. That way, shouted one of the bigger kids. He pointed across the park. When you get to the street, it's just a few blocks east. You better hurry, yelled a small girl. The game starts at 2.30. What time is it now? Jack called. One of the boys looked at his watch. It's 1.30, he shouted. Oh man, we're late, said Jack. We should have been there at one o'clock to start our chores. Run, fast, said Annie. She and Jack held onto their caps and they began running across the windy park. Bat boys, bat boys, wait for us, someone shouted. Jack and Annie looked back. The two smallest kids from the marbles game were scrambling after them. Jack thought the boy and girl looked about six years old. Sorry, we have to hurry, Jack yelled. But we can help you, the girl said. We know a shortcut. You do, said Annie. Yes, said the boy. We go to Ebbets Field a lot. This way. The small kids turned and started down a dirt path. Annie and Jack ran after them. What are your names? 
the girl called. Jack and Andy, Annie yelled back. What's yours? I'm Olive, said the girl. This is my twin brother, Otis. Twins, cool, said Annie. It's a big day for baseball, said Otis. That's what we hear, said Jack. I wish we could be bat boys like you, said Otis. We know all the rules, said Olive. The twins led the way to a busy street at the edge of the park. Old-fashioned cars rattled down the broad avenue. The huge cars had long rounded hoods and lots of shiny silver chrome. Along the cars, a trolley clattered over tracks. Jack and Annie stood at the corner with the twins and waited for the light to change. Nearby, a newsstand was selling the Brooklyn Eagle. Jack read a headline. Opening day at Ebbets Field. Brooklyn Dodgers versus Boston Braves. Annie, look, he said, pointing at the newspaper. We'll be working at a big league game. Big league? Wow, said Annie. You didn't know that, said Olive. I thought the Braves were from Atlanta, Annie said to Jack. And the Dodgers from L.A. Not in 1947, said Jack. You didn't know that, asked Otis. Lights red, let's go, yelled Jack. Hold hands, cried Olive. She grabbed Annie's hand and Otis grabbed Jack's. Watch out for the trolley. Jack and Annie ran with the twins across the avenue to the opposite corner. Good job, said Otis. Where now, Jack asked breathlessly. We'll take you, said Olive. Run. Thanks, said Jack. He liked the friendly kids. Jack and Annie held onto their caps as they ran against the wind. They followed Otis and Olive down one street, then another. Turn at the corner, said Olive. They all turned onto a busy, crowded street. There, the twins said together. In front of them was the tall brick wall of a stadium. The words Ebbets Field curved around the wall. A huge crowd was headed inside. Yay, said Annie, panting. Thanks for showing us a shortcut, guys. We're not there yet. Come on, said Olive. It's a big day for baseball, said Otis again. A really big day. Chapter 3, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. The twins led Jack and Annie to the entrance of the stadium. They all joined the crowd streaming into a huge round lobby. The room had marble walls and a ceiling lamp made of baseball bats. A sign over the ticket window said, $1 general admission. Uh-oh, said Jack. He and Annie reached into the pockets of their uniforms. We don't have money, said Annie. We don't either, said Otis, but we don't need it because... Bat boys! A tall man in a uniform rushed over to them. His badge said, security guard. That's us, said Jack. You're late, said the guard. The manager of the visitor's clubhouse is looking everywhere for you. Get over there. Yes, sir. Jack knew just what the guard meant. The visitor's clubhouse was the place in the stadium where the out-of-town team prepared for the game. Wait, can our two friends come watch the game for free, said Annie. They helped us. Of course not, said the guard. Everyone has to pay, unless they're part of the game. Come on, the guard headed to a turnstile. Sorry we can't help you, Jack said to the twins. Don't worry, we always watch from Bedford Avenue, Otis said. We lie on the sidewalk and peek under a gate, Olive whispered. We can see most of center field from there, said Otis, and a little bit of left field. Hey, bat boys, the guard shouted. Gotta go, said Jack. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks a million, said Annie. She and Jack hurried through the turnstile and followed the guard. Then they crossed a ramp and headed into the ballpark. You're working for the Braves, the guard said. I'll get the clubhouse manager. Wait here, and he walked away. Oh, man, Jack breathed as he and Annie looked around. Compared to the Little League ballpark back home, Ebbets Field was huge. 
Fans were filling the stands. A band was playing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. The breezy air smelled of roasting peanuts, hot dogs, and grilled onions. On the field, umpires in dark suits were talking to each other. Around the baseball diamond, team members were playing catch. The men all wore jerseys with blue letters that spelled Dodgers. Look at the Dodgers bat boys, said Annie. They're helping their team warm up. Those bat boys look twice our age, said Jack. I know, said Annie, but our caps must make everyone see us as teenagers too. That's so incredible, said Jack, smiling. He loved looking older. He loved working for a big league game. He loved the sights, sounds, and smells of Ebbets Field. The fans are really dressed up, said Annie. In the stands, the men and boys wore suits and hats. The women and girls wore dresses, jackets, and white gloves. It was really different from Frog Creek. At the ballpark at home, grown-ups and kids wore jeans, shorts, and sweatpants. Jack noticed something else that was different from Frog Creek. Here, half the stands were filling up with mostly white people. The other half were filling up with mostly black people. At home, people of all colors sat together. Annie pointed to a black Dodgers player signing autographs on baseball. Who's he? She said. Black fans were shouting and waving at the player. Reporters were trying to interview him. A photographer was taking pictures. I don't know. He must be a big star, said Jack. Hey, Bat Boys, you're late, someone shouted. Jack and Annie whirled around. A short, wiry man was striding toward them. He must be the manager of the visitor's clubhouse, Jack thought. You've only got 40 minutes, the man roared. The Braves will be here any moment. Their trunks have just been delivered from the station. He pointed at the door of the clubhouse. Go inside and get to work. Yes, sir, said Jack and Annie. Without another word, they hurried inside the visitor's clubhouse and they got to work. Chapter four, good job, boys. Jack and Annie knew exactly what to do. Jack felt like he'd been a bat boy all his life. He hung his bag on a hook. Then he and Annie headed for the equipment trunks lined up near the door. They started with a trunk labeled uniforms. They opened the lid. They pulled out white jerseys with red letters that spelled Braves. Together, they swiftly hung up all the uniforms in a row of lockers. They finished just as the Braves arrived. All the men laughed and joked with each other as they spilled into the clubhouse. No one spoke to Jack or Annie, though. In fact, no one even looked at them. Jack and Annie paid no attention to the team either. Their magic caps helped them know the rules. Bat boys never bother the players. They never get in their way. Next, Jack opened an equipment trunk labeled cleats and helmets. He and Annie pulled out baseball shoes and batting gear. They used rags to wipe everything off. Then they quickly lined up the shoes on benches. Jack and Annie hurried to a trunk labeled bats. Together, they pushed the trunk out of the visitor's clubhouse and toward the ball field. Yikes, look at the time, said Annie. She pointed to a large clock over the scoreboard. We only have 20 minutes till the game starts. And lots more to do, said Jack. Full speed. They pushed the trunk over to the visitor's dugout under the stands. Then, racing against the clock, they flew through the rest of their tasks. Jack quickly unloaded bats from the trunk. He handed them to Ann Annie. She placed them on the shelves of a bat rack inside the dugout. They rushed back to the visitor's clubhouse and unloaded another trunk. They pulled out a first aid kit, shin guards, a catcher's mitt and mask, and boxes of chewing gum. They carried all these things to the Braves' dugout. By now, the home team, the Brooklyn Dodgers, had left the field. The visiting Boston Braves had started their warm-up. The noise in the ballpark was deafening. The stands were full. Hey, bat boys, a girl yelled. 
Get us an autograph ball, a boy yelled. Jack looked up. Kids were shouting at them from the stands. An autograph ball. Please, please. Sorry, yelled Annie. Jack shook his head. They both knew the rule. Bat boys never do favors for fans. Jack and Annie hurried back into the clubhouse. They unloaded towels from a trunk. They filled jugs with water from a sink. They packed baseballs into a canvas bag. Then they carried everything to the dugout and put it in all the right places. Uniforms, cleats, shin guards, masks, said Annie. Water, first aid kit, bats, towels, baseballs, chewing gum, said Jack. Anything else? Nope, we did it, said Annie, looking at the clock. It was 2.25. The game would start in five minutes. Good job, boys, said the clubhouse manager as he passed by. Thanks, said Annie. Jack and Annie quickly took their seats on the bench in the dugout. The Boston Braves players sat near them, looking tense. Some scowled and folded their arms. Others chewed gum or tapped their feet. A voice came over the loudspeaker. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the national anthem. The crowd stood. The players stepped out of the dugout and placed their baseball caps over their hearts. Oh no, thought Jack. He and Annie couldn't take their caps off. If they did, everyone would see them as young kids and see Annie as a girl. Annie took Jack's arm. She pulled him back into a shadowy area inside the dugout. There, they placed only their hands over their hearts. Jack desperately hoped none of the players would turn around and notice him. A man sang the Star-Spangled Banner in a deep, rich voice. Oh, say can you see? Jack nervously kept his eyes on the flag flapping in the breeze. Hurry, hurry, he thought. Finally, the singer sang the last lines. Oh, say does that Star-Spangled Banner yet wave? or the land of the free and the home of the brave. The national anthem was over. The players all put their caps back on. Play ball, roared an umpire at home plate. Whoo, Jack said to Annie, and they stepped out from the dugout. Noise filled the park. Fans cheering, horns honking, bells clanging. See ya, said Annie. Yep, said Jack. They both knew exactly what to do. Annie was in charge of bats. She ran to the batting circle. She knelt on the ground, ready to pick up the bats the players dropped at home plate. Jack was in charge of baseballs. He hauled the canvas bag over to a stool near the edge of the diamond. He sat down. A strong breeze gusted over Ebbets Field. Jack pulled his cap down firmly on his head. Then he leaned forward to watch the game. His heart was racing. Now the hard part begins he thought. Chapter 5, Foul Ball. Jack kept an eagle eye on all the players. He watched the Dodgers take their positions on the field. He watched the Braves batter choose a bat and head to home plate. He watched the Dodgers pitcher wind up and throw. The Braves batter hit the ball hard. It landed outside the foul line. Foul ball, called the umpire. Jack jumped up and ran to get the ball. He tossed it smoothly to the umpire at home plate. Then he returned to his stool. Now and then the wind gusted through the ballpark, but each time Jack grabbed his cap to make sure it stayed on his head. The pitcher pitched another ball. The batter swung his bat. He missed. Strike! The pitcher pitched again. The batter hit a ground ball. He dropped his bat and ran toward first base. The pitcher snatched up the ball and threw it. The first baseman caught it just before the batter reached the base. Out! called the first base umpire. The Dodgers fans cheered. The Braves fans booed. Annie picked up the player's bat and returned it to the dugout. 
Jack darted to home plate and gave new baseballs to the umpire. As the game went on, Jack and Annie stayed in the center of the action, but they never got in the way. Annie picked up bats that the players dropped and replaced them in the rack. Jack kept a close eye on all the baseballs. He counted the ones that went into the stands. He raced after foul balls. He carried three balls to the umpire for every three lost. Fans cheered and booed. If the musicians in the stands didn't agree with an umpire's call, they played three blind mice. Finally, the Braves had three outs. It was time for the Dodgers to bat. Now their bat boys would look after the balls and bats. Jack and Annie headed to the clubhouse to get more water and towels for their team. Hey, kid, a Braves coach pointed at Jack. Move down the line. Jack understood perfectly. Holding onto his cap, he jogged out to center field. Jack sat on a stool close to the stands. His job now was to retrieve ground balls outside the foul lines. Within minutes, a foul rolled right into right field. Jack ran and grabbed it. He tossed it perfectly to a Dodgers bat boy. Yes, Jack said to himself. He couldn't wait to throw again. He sat back on his stool, pressed his cap down on his head, and waited eagerly for more ground balls. But as the Dodgers kept batting, no more balls came Jack's way. For the first time, he had a moment to think. Why did Morgan send us to this particular game? Jack wondered. Why did she call it a big day for baseball? Why did Otis say it was a big day too? So far, the game was pretty ordinary, Jack thought. It was even a little boring. Plus, how was being a bat boy supposed to make him a great player? He had only thrown a couple of balls and he wouldn't get to bat at all. Hey, bat boy, a kid called from the stands behind him. More souvenir seekers, Jack thought. An autographed ball, another kid yelled. Jack ignored the kid shouting. He refused to look over his shoulder. A Dodgers cap, a Braves cap, your cap. The begging soon turned to heckling and booing. Go home, go back where you came from. What do they mean, thought Jack. Can they tell I'm from Frog Creek? He tried to ignore all the shouting, but the hecklers sounded different now. Their voices had grown harsh and mean. They sounded like grown-ups, not kids. You don't belong here. Throw him out, huh, ump? Jack started to get angry. This was more than just annoying. Get out of here, another heckler shouted. Jack couldn't help it. He whirled around and yelled, you get out of here. To his surprise, Jack saw that the hecklers weren't yelling at him or even looking at him. Don't let him bat, someone shouted. Throw him out, said another. They were shouting at the Dodgers player who was up at bat. Many in the stands were cheering for him, but these few were yelling really mean things. Why? Jack looked around. The batter was the black player he'd seen earlier. He seemed to be the only black player in the game. Is that why these people are yelling? Jack wondered. The batter hit a ground ball to third base. The third baseman grabbed it. He threw it to first. Out! The umpire shouted. That's right! Throw him out! A woman shrieked. Jack was stunned. He didn't understand. The player ignored the jeers and walked calmly back to the dugout. He held his head high. Jack wished he could go talk to the player. He wanted to say something kind and supportive. Suddenly, a new batter hit a ground ball to left field. It was outside the line. Foul! The umpire shouted. Jack ran to get the ball. At the same time, a kid jumped over the wall of the stands. The kid ran to get the foul ball too. Jack got there first, but as he bent down to grab the ball, the wind blew his cap off. The other boy snatched Jack's cap from the grass and took 
off.